have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportion. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. by the color of their skin, but by the country of their character. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall never surrender. Hi, forever brothers and sisters. You arrived at the bunker. Grab a cup of joe, a stout tea, or maybe your favorite adult beverage. This is the prepper's place for open discussion on whatever the hell we want, brought to you whatever the hell way we want. This is the new format of the OGTX Bunker, a prepper survivalist show. So sit down, kick back, post up, relax, and welcome to the bunker. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. America strong again, proud again, safe again. We will make America great again. Preppers, survivalists, off-gridders, homesteaders, and the like. Welcome to the original Prepper Survivalist Bunker, a podcast for preppers. Formerly known as the OGTX Bunker, we are now the OPS Bunker. Leave us a voicemail to get on the show, speakpipe.com slash OPS. Email us at shtf at opsbunker.com. Visit the site, opsbunker.com. I want to thank you guys for joining us. If you're new to the show, welcome to the bunker. If you enjoy listening to this show, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Those five-star reviews really help to attract new listeners. Reviews and downloads get calculated and help decide the order in which podcasts appear in the search list. Good or bad, of course, good is better. Five stars is best. Your feedback is much appreciated. All right, Rhonda, are we going to do some shout outs tonight to start out with? We are going to do some shout outs. Okay. Um, last week, last show, you were not, the, on our last show, you were not here. You were in Texas. Yes. So I did the shout outs that you sent me. Yes. So we got some new ones since Thank then. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, we have a few new ones, so we want to thank Rich, Derek, Ashley, Cassie, David, Lauren, Carrie, and Mindy. Thank you all for joining the Ops Bunker on Facebook. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. So that's a bunch of new people. How many do we have now on there? It was three. It was 400 the last episode. Uh, I'm going to lose my post if I go look at nah, that. Nah, don't now. worry about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about all that. It's got to be over 400. And by the way, Ashley mm-hmm. said she's been listening to us since the beginning. So nice. thanks for joining us up on Facebook. Outstanding. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Ashley. Thank and you for everybody. And we hope that uh, the other people that joined the bunker are aware uh, or, you know, come and listen to the podcast also. So it's possible some of the folks that are on the bunker don't listen to the podcast. All right. it, it is possible. All right. What's going on there at uh, Facebook Bunker Group? All right. Um, I wanted to... Say something to one of our Facebook members, Samantha. 
Samantha posted a question about six days ago that um, people acknowledge the question, but there hasn't really been an answer to it. So I want to see if you know anything, and I have a couple of things I looked up. Uh, Samantha says, hey there, anyone have a recommendation for a full rechargeable battery kit? I can't seem to find one that includes all types of batteries with a charger and storage. Thanks in advance. So if it's what I'm thinking of, it's like a case, like what you have for your uh, vape batteries, but maybe it has different sizes of batteries and it also has access to storage for them when it's not plugged in. Does that sound right? That does sound about right. Yeah. Do Do you know of anything like that? No, I don't have anything. I don't have any rechargeable batteries whatsoever. I mean, I think it's a good well, idea. Your vape batteries are. But. Well, yeah, no, I, I, okay, you're right. I, <laughs> I say I don't whatsoever. I don't have any for prepping. I did uh, a while back. I, I bought one, and I've got it someplace in one of my boxes. I've got a recharger deal, and then I've got like a, a box of batteries that goes with it. But I've never really got into the whole rechargeable battery thing, except for the eighteen six fifty. Is that what they are? I think that's what they're called. The ones I use for my vape, which are also used for my flashlights and, and everything else. I got my flashlight here. I wonder if it's in it. Um, but no, I don't really know how to answer that question because I, I don't I do not do that. Um, is there something that you had in mind? Um, well, I found a couple of things that could be what she's looking for. Um, one of them is on Amazon. It's a black <clears throat> batteries box. Includes rechargeable AA batteries, AAA batteries, and many... Or 40-minute iQuick battery charger, two pieces of CD converters, I don't know what that means, and a battery storage organizer. Uh, well, the picture looks pretty cool on here. It has uh, all the different sizes of batteries in this case. And, um, oh, this is kind of weird. Okay, so now I see what the CD converters are. It looks like you use the AA battery to put in a C-size spacer and make a C battery. Ah. Uh. Never okay. seen such. So there's an even cooler one. Okay. Um, it's called Tenergy, T-E-N-E-R-G-Y. That uh, sounds familiar. I think it's a big brand. It's pretty expensive. It's like $98, but it looks really cool. Um, so I'm going to put the link to that in the Facebook message. So I think that might be what she's looking for. I'm going to put it in there. And if it's not what she's looking for, then maybe she can give some more details and I'd be happy to help research that. Right. Yeah. And in everyday life, that's that's a great idea because a lot of things, most things take batteries. But these days, a lot of things are going to rechargeable, like, you know, like uh, USB chargeable, mm-hmm. like uh, internal batteries. Yeah. So the char- you plug the device in with right. the USB and it also charges the battery. Right. But there's still a lot of things out there that do take regular batteries. So that would be a good idea to have that. I don't I don't really have that because I have nothing really that um, that uses regular batteries. That's, that means anything to me in an SHTF situation or a grid down situation. Everything that I own for grid down is I can do off of a generator. I can do off either a gas generator, a diesel generator, a solar generator, power bank. Um, you know, we can run pretty much a small cabin off of off of our uh, EcoFlow. Well, it might be good to have some when you're on foot. Yeah. Uh, but even like the, even when I purchase flashlights, I don't purchase flashlight flashlights that take regular batteries. I only get flashlights that take 18650s. Oh. Well, because eventually everything's going to go in that direction to those bigger batteries. Um but um from what I yeah, from I what I read, but they're also the same batteries I use for my vape, so why not just have one 
battery for everything. So every time I buy something that, that takes a battery, I try and look for something that has that uses an 18650. Uh, That's actually pretty smart. I should look those up. <laughs> but it's really going in that direction. From what I've read, um, eventually the other type of alkaline batteries will be will be out. You know. What are those called again? 18650. Yeah, and they come in, you know, and don't let the sizes fool you. They come in all different sizes, like, uh, what do they call them, amp hours buttons or whatever Buttons and is. no buttons. And- well, there's the flatheads and there's the button tops. Uh, the the flashlights that I use, my, the flashlight that I like, the one that you just got for Christmas, takes a button top. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make another something else work in a, in, a, in a pickle. You could, but the button top works just fine. So I get that and I get the flat tops for the vapes that I use. So it works out pretty good, but you know, that that's not saying much. We could probably put together an entire <laughs> show just on batteries alone. So, you know, probably so she brings up a really good point. It, it'd also be good to talk about, uh, you know, how batteries go bad if you're using them in your preps. So yeah, let's do an episode on batteries. Fun. <laughs> not like, not like there's not a million things to research on that. <laughs> okay. All right. Love let's it. move on. And who was that? That was Samantha. Great. Samantha, thank you so much for that question. That was awesome. And I will uh, post a couple of things for you to look at. Okay. Maybe some other people can contribute. Yeah. So she said right. people were responding, but not really responding. Well, they were like cl- clicking like and stuff like that, but no comments. Ah, gotcha. Yet. Gotcha. I do that all the but, time, by the way. I do a lot of click likes, but not respond. Well, everything moves so fast down the news feed. I mean, it just takes a little while till your post is lost down there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm bumping it back to the top. Okay. There you go. Happy holidays, my prepper brothers and sisters. Who does that sound like? (laughs) When we're traveling for the holidays, either far or near, we're always planning what to bring with us. Do you remember posting that? Oh, that's me. Yeah. I I did that. Okay. Yeah. As preppers, we tend to go a bit overboard. Let's put our heads together and come up with a list of necessary travel gear and personal items that need to make the trip. I want to put these lists on the next show. And that's this show. And we'll use first names only. Any size list will do. I want to hear from everyone. And overachievers can go post their list on SpeakPot. <laughs> yes. So that that's what you threw out there. And then on the last episode, you mentioned it again. And you told people to get on the, you know, get off their tail and answer some questions. Yeah, shit or get off the pot. So we got some answers. Okay. All right. So um, now this happened and I didn't, we didn't get much. So I didn't have much to talk about or even bring, you know, to the show last episode. So I asked people to try again since we still had time before the holidays. And we got three speak pipes, two speak, two people sent in for speak pipe. Uh, one of them did it twice. So that's not bad. We're going to play that. But also you got some responses on your end, right? There's some uh, posts on your face, some answers to your Facebook post, and then there's a new post, a new thread with a couple answers in it also. Cool. So I'm just going to read through these, and you can just interject anytime you want to comment, because there's a lot of good stuff on here and some overlap. Yeah, just use first names. Yeah. So um, Uncle Bob, that's my Uncle Bob. (laughs) Okay. I won't say his last name, but it starts with a T and ends with an S. (laughs) <laughs> okay. For a seven-day trip, I would suggest the following. A 380 with 200 rounds, 9mm with 200 rounds, 22 with 200 rounds, 25 with 200 rounds, and a couple of 12-gauge shotguns with a couple of 100 rounds each. <laughs> My goodness. So, 
That's my family. <laughs> That's a lot of firepower. Underclothes for seven days, three pairs of jeans, seven nice shirts, shoes, boots, enough food to get you there and back. And I may have forgot a few items. Happy trails. All right. So, yeah, he's well prepped in the defense area. <laughs> no kidding. Uncle Bob, don't be, don't be scary now. <laughs> scary Uncle he's Bob. He's the one that looks just like my dad. They look like twins. Okay. It's my dad's cousin, actually. Um, okay. AR, on my recent three-day trip, I had to go... I had a go bag for me and my wife, two M&P Shield 9mm, one Glock 19X, one M&P Bodyguard in 380, uh, one 9mm Ruger takedown carbine set to take Glock mags, and um, and some spare mags and ammo for all. Wow. Another, lots of guns. Another one with lots of, <laughs> lots of guns. Packable food, Sawyer mini water purifiers, good solid clothes and footwear for long walks, tools, scanner, and some parts for my vehicle, but I'm a professional mechanic, uh, empty gas cans for scavenging, and a slip-under drain bucket with a good punch. Huh? You can't siphon from a modern gas tank, but you can punch a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My large and my small first aid kits. Those are good. I'd be afraid of doing that. Punching a hole in a gas tank. I mean, what if you cause a spark and you're uh, like under there when it happens? Well, I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I think I know exactly how that works. I, I don't want that to work on me. Well, maybe the punch isn't uh, a spark inducer. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's a special kind of punch that doesn't create a spark. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds kind of dangerous. But All right. Yeah. You know, these days you can't, it's very difficult to siphon because most gas uh, tanks are anti-siphon tanks. They got like a little screen or something in there. You can't put the tube down in it. Right. Yeah. It's Good a bitch point. to try to pour that uh, Berryman's in there. When I remember we talked right. about Berryman's, I almost never got that stuff poured in. I know. It's crazy. Um, and yeah. So that was the A.R. Anderson, by the way. I know we're not using last names, but that's not really a last name. That's his pen name. Yes. Yeah, he's an author. He's an author. Mm -hmm. Check him out. Yep. What's the book that he wrote? Darkness Descending, and he has a couple of uh, sequels to that, too. Darkness Descending, A.R. Anderson. Nice. So we have a uh, fellow female prepper, Annette. I have an upcoming trip to Silva, North Carolina. Since I'm in my car so often, I already have the In Case I'm Stranded bag and some items in my trunk. The basics, food, water, extra clothes, and the necessities for warmth, matches, and lint. And, of course, portable car charger, reflectors, and car emergency tools. Safe travels, everyone. Nice. So, yeah. those Every woman should have all of that stuff in That's her car fantastic. all the time, traveling or not. Did she, I, didn't, did, I didn't hear anything about uh, personal protection or anything. Does she have a... Did she say anything? She didn't mention that. She's just talking about her in case she gets stranded bag. Gotcha. Okay. So maybe, you know, maybe add a, 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 you know, can of pepper spray or, or, you know, something like that. If you, if you're not uh, familiar with firearms or weapons. All right. The next one is another one of those people whose last name starts with a T and ends with a S. Hmm, okay. My brother. <laughs> okay. I always have a couple of nasty little ARs under the seat. Damn them scary black guns, right? <laughs> a Kimber Pro Carry. Wait, stop. Hold on, stop. Did you did you uh, tell everybody about the shirt you got me? No, I didn't. It's got an AR-15 on it and it says, don't worry, I identify as a bow. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought you were going to say the one the one about all faster than 911. Oh, yeah, that one too. Yeah, that's the other shirt you got me. It's got a whole bunch of guns on it and it says a whole all, bunch of different sizes of bullets. Oh, bullets, yeah. It says all faster than 911. That is true. Faster than dial 911. That is true. Yeah. All right. I right, sorry. <clears throat> sorry uh brother-in-law. Dale. Dale. I always have a couple of nasty little ARs under the seat. A Kimber Pro Carry under my shirt, a couple of hundred rounds for each, a couple of loaded magazines for each, and good old Vienna sausages in the console. Damn, I love Vienna sausages. (laughs) And a well-equipped emergency flight bag that my pretty sister and my always-ready-for-anything brother-in-law put together for me. Right. Have all the bases covered. You can bet on that. That's right. Yeah, so I gave him, I made him a um, medic bag. He's learning, he's getting his pilot's license. He's almost done. And he wanted a bag to take with him, so we put one together. Hmm. I thought he already had his license. Was he still? He's, a he's no. He's doing his. Oh, he's getting his flight hours in now, so he flies by himself. Something. Oh, I so he has a solo license already. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't know how all that works. He's doing yeah. something, but I know he's flying by himself. He's now. flying by himself. He's got a solo license. I've been trying to get him to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FYI, to everybody listening right now, uh, we are in the studio, which is a uh, a tent. It's a, it's a deer blind actually in a room and, uh, with all the dogs and we have a new dog named Ozzy and that's, is that Ozzy? That's Z. That's Z. (laughs) So you're probably going to hear them, you know, their bodily functions from now and again. It's not us. And even if it is us, we're going to blame them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Ozzy has the audible farts. What, you know, yeah, audible farts. Yeah, exactly. But one thing about the deer blind though, man, you don't want to get stuck inside here with somebody with gas. Cause when these dogs start farting it stinks in here i mean it don't want to leave it just hovers i'm so happy i'm standing outside the tent in the forest (laughs) in the forest all right go on all right um this one is frank our friend frank from uh ireland i'm only allowed 90 seconds to talk on speak pipe so that is true the reason why you're only allowed 90 seconds is because we no longer pay for speak pipe uh we were paying for the the you know the upgraded version where you get five minutes, but um, nobody was using it, and I well, didn't I didn't want to spend thirty bucks a month or whatever it was with nobody using it. Right? Let's just stop right there because Why? on Facebook you can send us voice messages in the chats. Yeah. So we don't need SpeakPipe. But can let's you just download stop advertising SpeakPipe? Can you download them? I don't know. I'll try. I really wanted SpeakPipe to work. It really is such a great, uh, you know, tool to use. Maybe we can get it back when we hit it big. <laughs> when we hit it big. Okay. <laughs> All right. So did Frank leave us a speak pipe? Uh, Frank did not leave us a speak pipe this time around. No. What did Frank have to say? He just said, I'm only allowed 90 seconds to talk on speak pipe. So speak pipe it is. And I guess he didn't make it over speak pipe. Oh. But Frank, please, uh, you've done this before, so I know you know how. Please Leave us voice messages anytime you want to on Facebook. Or SpeakPipe. <laughs> because I'm not paying for it if now. You, so I think you only get like a minute and a half or something like that. That's so yeah, if, you're, if you use SpeakPipe, just talk really fast and then we won't be able to understand anything. <laughs> or you can, you can just do multiple SpeakPipes. Just keep pressing record after no, one gets that, done. That would be so annoying. You remember Michelle from Germany. I'm hope, I'm, hopefully she still listens. Oh, yeah. She left it. She, she would leave a five-minute one, then turn around and leave another five-minute one, then turn around and leave another five-minute one. She just <laughs> wanted to keep... We should get her on the, on the show. She'd be a great, a great she, show, I guess. She loves to talk. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Frank, for not leaving us a message on SpeakPipe. Something probably came up. Something that he was prepared for. So we'll hear from him again. 
Okay, so John says, this is the first time I won't be traveling far from home during the holidays. Preparedness in winter is often harder for me, trying to get all the seasonal... Hang on, i got to get a drink. Preparing to get all the shopping done. Is that what he's going to say? Get all the seasonal shopping done? No. Oh, what was he going to say? Preparedness in winter is often harder for me, trying to get all the seasonal stuff packed in with the normal gear is challenging. I usually prefer the Mossberg 500 over the AR-15 during the cold weather. I'm currently working on growing the first aid supplies for winter travel. Mossberg 500. Mm. You got to love it. Scattergun all day. Sounds scary, whatever it is. Shotgun. Very nice. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was the answers to your original post. And then after your episode went out, um, Joe started a new thread because, like I said, stuff gets lost way down the stream. So thanks, Joe, for bringing this back to the top. Okay, Keith, you want to know about winter holiday travel gear? For my family, each vehicle has that person's or passenger's get-home bag. All our vehicles are 4 by 4 of some type, so they all already have recovery gear. Winter, winter travel is simply add more blankets and batteries. So that's all he has to do to get ready for winter, some more blankets and batteries. Wow, so I'm jealous. He's got some very right. cool bug-out vehicles. So John, this is the same John from the other one, uh... Tells Joe to find a small shovel for the vehicle and test it for durability before you rely on it. Then invest on one for each vehicle. I'm about to do some real-world testing of some Max Tracks in the snow. Mm, I've heard and of And I'll update you with the results. Max Tracks. Yeah, so let me get stuck. Get, oh, get yeah, you, those look get cool. we got to yeah. get some of those up for up here. Probably. I mean, I don't know when it's going to snow, but it's going to happen well, sometime. it could. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Joe said, we have the folding shovels in our vehicle kits. Never needed them before, but always used snatch blocks and a winch. Um, John replied back to him. I'm reading their whole conversation because mm-hmm. there's some stuff in there that people might want to know. Uh, Joe says, I had a folding shovel fail in the snow situation, and now I'm scarred for life. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I currently don't have a winch installed on one of my vehicles. I'm not saying it isn't a good investment, but I haven't had it in the budget. Yeah, a good winch, uh, you know, that can pull a truck out of a situation. It needs to be pretty powerful. They're expensive. John says a winch is just incurrence. I've had it for 18 years and only used it twice to get myself unstuck. So (laughs) (laughs) twice in 18 years. I have a feeling if I would probably use it a lot more. (laughs) I mean, you know, if you get stuck. Well, I've, you know, yeah. It's got to be able to pull a lot of tonnage. (laughs) Yeah. But I think a good one for, you know, for a heavy truck or, or even a big Jeep that's maxed out, you're, pr- you're probably going to be looking at about three, 400 bucks for one. You can get them for like 80 bucks at Harbor Freight, 150 bucks here or there, but I don't know if they'll pull a truck out of something. You know, yeah, I think, no. I think they're made to like pull, pull a, uh, like a, a four wheeler out of some mud or, you know, pull a log out of a, out of, out of the woods or something. I'm not sure if you can pull the whole truck out. I'm not sure. I don't, you know, I don't know if you, if you guys know, let us know. All right, so is there anything else from the uh, bunker, uh, Facebook bunker group that you need to talk about? Yeah, there was actually a couple of posts way back a few days before you asked that question that will help explain a couple of the comments made on your question. Um, Someone mentioned car parts. Joe actually posted, for today's self-sustaining topic, buy extra parts so you don't, so you will have them when there's no parts store around. And he's got a picture of his truck jacked up with parts all over the place. So, <laughs> I mean, cool. it, you are, it is pretty bad when there's no parts store around. I don't oh, know if yeah. you've ever had that happen, but, um, and of course that's if you know how to use the parts. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> and John, um, the reason John was talking about a shovel, here's his little story. Um, when my truck, he says, what's your most rel- relied upon winter gear? When my truck failed me, the shovel saved the day, even though it didn't survive. Uh, I went out this Saturday for some fun in the, sto- in the snow. God dang it. <laughs> Went out this Saturday for some fun in the snow. After making it out to the park, I found out the front axle wasn't engaging. It gave me an excellent chance to test out some of my field gear. In 12 inches of snow, a good shovel is worth its weight in gold. Even though I say that I found out the cheapest tool can work, it took more effort, of course. So the whole experience did restore a little faith in humanity. A good Samaritan came by and offered help. I'm thankful for that. So he did have a, a shovel he tried out that saved the day. Um, that's why he was mentioning about cheap shovels. Okay, good. I just so you know, I did mention it in the last the last episode. You you sent me that, so I went ahead and mentioned it. But I I did? Was good, it was good to say it again, though. Yeah. Oh, no I must worries. have fell asleep while I was listening. <laughs> it's sorry. all good because it was all supposed to happen on the same episode anyway. So, okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, Patrick, did you mention Patrick's response about? His best winter gear is him. He says, my best winter gear, I have to say, is me. What I mean by that is I plan for the worst, and knowing what to do with what you have is your best starting point. There so you go. Make okay. sure you learn some things. He's a badass. <laughs> so in other words, he's a badass. Just insert he's a badass between yeah, his names. there you go. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Okay. Well, let me, let me play the uh, speak pipe. Ones yeah. right quick. Yeah, Are you done with yours? Yeah, that was it. Okay. I'm just finishing up Facebook. So that's it for Facebook. So here's uh, Nick from Japan. And I know Nick from Japan because we've spoken before. Hi, Keith. Hi, Rhonda. This is uh, Nick from Japan. Um, sorry, I haven't said anything. Uh, I work retail, so that's my excuse for not really <laughs> um, sending you guys anything. But um, uh, our my holiday preps uh, would be definitely uh, hand warmers and uh, my sleeping bag. I pull it that out of uh, my camping gear, um, throw a couple hand warmers inside the sleeping bag, um, and that way you can stay warm. And this all came from uh, something that happened a while back here in Japan, up north where it snows a lot. Uh, there was a big blackout, um, and lady uh, decided to stay in her car to keep warm, and the snow piled up around the car, blocked off the muffler, and unfortunately she passed away due to carbon monoxide. So um, I would say any means to stay warm that may not consume the oxygen around you because that's kind of important for humans. Um, other than that, I would say, you know, maybe like a bubble jacket that you can you can compress into like a pillow, um, keep that around, and just try to stay warm. So... Um, that would be my winter specific holiday preps. Yeah, I'd imagine with him being uh, in retail, this is probably a pretty busy time of year. Bubble jacket is that what he said? Bubble jacket. Bubble jacket. I guess like a puff, like a puff jacket. Is that the one? Yeah. Puffy ones. I want to look. Yeah, it up. those are warm. I want to look it up. Um, Let's see. That's a great point, though, about something so unexpected like that. That that's. I mean, everybody leaves their car running to stay warm. Would never have thought that would have happened. I um, probably wouldn't have thought, you know, off the top of my head that that would happen, but I have heard of that happening before. Really? When you're in a situation like that and you're stuck in the snow and you got your car running for, for warmth, you know, so many other things are going through your mind and you may forget about the fact that the snow is piling up around you and covering up your exhaust pipe. 
Well, those exhaust fumes, they got to go somewhere. If they don't go out of the snow, they go back under the vehicle and then they come up through the vehicle and you fall asleep and don't wake up. It's horrible. Yeah, fumes are bad. If you're ever going to get stuck any place inside your vehicle, I don't care what type of situation it is, summertime, wintertime, anytime, you need to understand that the airspace within inside that vehicle, that's what you're breathing. So you have to understand what else is going in there. You got to try and remember that. I, I can't say if I'm going to remember that, but you've got to try and remember that. That's one of those things that you've just, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's all about survival. You just got to remember it. And, you know, if you've never been in your car where it's nice and warm and cozy and then had to turn it off while it's super cold outside, you don't understand how fast it gets cold in your car once you turn that engine off, unless you've done it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then you got the rule. Remember the rules of three. It's three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. And it's confusing to a lot of people, the three minutes without air. Because people go, well, three minutes without air? What do you mean three minutes without air? I don't, I don't understand. Like if you... Like, how would you, how do you put that into a survival? Well, that's exactly how you put that into a survival situation. Three minutes without breathable air. They were breathing, but they weren't breathing the right air. And that's important. Like those people that got, that were out of, I forget where that was again, but where the train crashed, you know, the big, yeah. yeah, And they had all the fumes. Mm -hmm. People were getting sick. Well, they were not breathing the right air. It's the same thing if you're in a forest fire, if you're any kind of situation where your air is not right. You have about three minutes of that bad air and you're in big trouble. So you always got to think about that. Thanks, Nick. Nick is always good for responding, isn't he? He is. And I owe Nick something. He sent me some stuff and I was going to redesign it and make it cool and share it with everybody. And it's sitting there on my to-do list. All right. Next up, Jerry. Hey, Keith. Hey, Rhonda. Name's uh, Jerry. You posted, uh, I posted a picture of the uh, Christmas tree with the bug out bags. And yes, Keith, that is my Christmas tree. We uh, thought we'd get the kids something they can utilize this year uh, for Christmas. Uh, love the podcast. Um, I was late to the game on it, but I did start from the beginning, worked my way all the way through all of them. A lot of uh, great uh, content and uh, really motivated us to uh, get moving on our uh bug out bag situation and just uh, prepping in general. We do a little bit of prepping before that, before we really knew what the name was We as far as food and that kind of stuff, water. Uh, but we really uh, enjoy the podcast a lot. And uh, we would love to be on the show in some capacity, just to go over like what we put in there, how we shopped, that kind of stuff. Um, have a great Christmas. And uh, can't wait for the next podcast. Yeah, that's really cool. Jerry, you guys are definitely welcome on the show. Let's wait till after the holidays and things start to slow down and we will get you guys on the show for sure. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. It's so good to hear that, that you know, the show is having a positive effect on people, you know, and getting them to think about preparedness. And that's what it's for. That's, I mean, that's what the whole show is for. Yeah. That's the whole point of it right there. So that's, that really, that's very heartwarming. Jerry also sends another one because I, I don't know if he ran out of time or let me, let me just check, but he sent two of them. Hey, Keith, this is uh, Jerry again. <laughs> I wanted to uh, just get back to you with your question you had about what you uh, take when you uh, head out for the uh, holidays. We're staying locally, but we always have our bug out bags in the car. 
medical bag um, just in case we don't travel very far, maybe about 45, 50 minutes from home. But there's one thing we always have in, in the uh, in the car. We travel down to see my daughter to school. That's about five hours or so away. So we always uh, have that with us no matter what. Have a good one. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate that. And that's a that's a great point. Five hours down, five hours back. That's a 10-hour trip. That's a long day. A lot can happen in 10 hours. So yeah, medical bags are a great idea. Um, and also, I love that Christmas tree with all the bug out bags. And I'm so glad that's his tree and not just some random picture. It's really cool. But uh, yeah, thanks, Jerry. Let's get you on the show soon. All right. Well, that's all I got for SpeakPipe. What else you got going on over there? That's all I got right now. Okay. Are you going to talk about Christmas? Uh, with Christmas just one week away, many of you guys are still behind on finding those gifts for your friends and family. Many of you just need an excuse to buy yourself something. That's awesome. I wish I could. Look, the holiday season, it gives you that perfect excuse to buy yourself something. So uh, let's get to it. It's Christmas time. Grab your coat. It's getting cold. Just look at the falling snow. This season's greetings. Happy meetings. Oh, and a little bit of mistletoe. They're decorating the Christmas tree with a star of time. Better than the year before Santa's crossing off Every wish Even moms and dads Have made the list Can you hear the sleigh bells It's Christmas time The sound of sleigh bells On reindeer Only come this time of year With Dasher, Dancer, Prancer And Fishing
Leave us a voicemail to get on the show, speakpipe.com slash OPS. Uh, email us at shtf at opsbunker.com. Visit the site, opsbunker.com. The site is still under construction from what I believe, so you know, check it out anyway. I think there's a timer on there. There will be. And Rhonda, you were saying something about you can leave messages on the, the bunker group. Yes. What's that if all If you go to the bunker and you look for the chat streams that we have, we have one called Shoot the Bull. Yeah. That's the one you want to use. If you um, click there to create a message, you can click the little plus sign and it says send a voice clip. And when you click on that send a voice clip, it will record your voice and you can talk to us. Right there from your computer? Yep. Or your phone? Yeah. It's very similar to if you have a cell phone. Okay. If you've ever used the voice feature on your text messages, just like that, it just records your voice only. Okay. All right. Well, tonight in the spirit of Christmas and the last minute shopping, we're going to give you guys uh, our top 10 pick of the best aerial drones or UAVs, that's unmanned aerial vehicle, uh, that you can get and give for Christmas this year. The um, criteria for this, it, it has to include whether these drones would be useful keeping within the prepper survivalist mindset, right? So drones can be very useful in a grid down SHGF situation. Where anytime there's a no rule of law or lack of security type of a situation, you need to know what's going on around you that without actually having to be in the, in that area. And the best way to put eyes on something without being there is with a drone. Okay, it's times like that that we need to see what's going on around us in the world. In real time, you need to see what's going on. And I love drones for that reason. That's a that's a great use for, of a drone rather than just flying it around and playing with it, right? Now, keep in mind uh, that this Christmas gift does not have to be for someone else. Okay, it can be for you. Nowhere is it written that you can't give yourself a Christmas present, right? So why not indulge yourself in a little uh, bit of drone fun this year for Christmas and pick one of these UAVs up? Hey, a drone makes a great prepper item because if anything happens, you're going to want a way to go scout around. (laughs) Absolutely. Of course you do, for sure. Um, You want to be able to see what's out there you know, around you. So as per usual, we are not affiliated or sponsored by any of these products that we're about to say. We have no skin in the game, as they say. So do your own research when making your purchases. Oh, by the way, as I was doing some research here, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but on YouTube and other places, probably Facebook, there's this advertisement going around for the Black Falcon 4K drone. Uh, You've got to have seen it. You've seen it on your computer and your phone somewhere where it says it's, uh, only $99, but it's like the quality of one of these, you know, $2,000 or $3,000 drones. It's a total scam. It's a total scam. It's all over the place. It's in, I mean, every time you go on like, you know, some kind of shopping deal, whatever pops up as a, as an ad, at least I've been seeing it. I don't know. There are some sites out there that have a listed for 99 bucks. Some are actually for $49, but they're claiming that this drone that, you know, that, that it's supposedly, it can be compared to like a DJI 4K drone, but it, it's, trust me, it is not even close to that. It is a piece of garbage. And from what I've found about this scam drone, it's exactly the same drone that Walmart sells for $19. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was looking around and I actually found it and it's called, it's either $19 or $25, but it's called the X-Geek Emotion 4K drone, model number e 58 Pro by YCRC, the Emotion 4K. 
It is the exact same drone as the $99 one they're selling. They just scratched off the emotion part of it. You can actually see it in the picture. So yeah, buyer beware. Um, if you see an ad for the Black Falcon 4K or the Blackbird 4K drone uh, claiming to be like worth 500, you know, worth claiming to be like worth 500 to $1,000, but you're getting it for this unbelievable price of 99, do not do it. It's not for real. There are so many scams out there right now. I'm just going to throw that in, not just for drone ads, but... Yeah, there are. Some of them, you don't even get the product. They just steal your credit card info, so be careful. Oh, yeah. There was there was one video I was looking at where this guy was looking at drones, and he found one on Timu, and it, it actually said it was a Timu ad. It wasn't like some ad from a seller. It was a Timu ad that said DJI's uh, drone for $35. And it had a picture of a DJI drone. He showed me the, or I saw the picture on his video. He showed us on the video. And then he, so he goes in and orders it and it comes in and it's nothing like that. It's some little tiny toy. That, you know, there's a, mm. lot of, there's a lot of scammers out there. So you got to be careful. Uh, you want a UAV drone. As a prepper, you want one. Okay. You want one that's quiet, uh, stable, has a long flight time. That's important. Um, it's easy to fly and has a good quality camera. That's really what you're looking for as a criteria for a prepper drone. A drone is a great force multiplier in a survival situation where you need to see what's going on somewhere around you without actually having to be there in person. You can use a drone to scout out your surroundings, uh, take a closer look at the road ahead. If you're bugging out, that's a really good one to do. Like you can see if you can send it up and see if there's any type of uh, blockage in oh, the highway. Yeah. yeah. All those kind of things. Uh, you can do a quick surveillance of your property or your bug out location or whatever it is you happen to be. Let's say you're at family or friend's house and something goes on. You can take it up in the air and see what's going on around you without actually having to get out there. Uh, you can check on your animals, like if you have a farm or something like that. Or if you have friends or, or neighbors that are close by and you want to check on them, you can use that to check on them instead of having to actually get out there. So really, really great in any type of an SHTF survivalist situation where there's no rule of law. Once you get good at flying a drone, you, know, you can come up with lots of different creative uses for it, especially as prepper survivalists. Okay, so here's our list of drones to take a look at for buying yourself or, or a last-minute Christmas gift. Um, we'll go from most expensive to least expensive. And remember that this is a short list of products, okay? There are plenty more out there that you can look into. Don't be surprised if you see the, the name DJI a few times on this list because they do make the best drones out there. All right, so number one is the DJI Phantom 4 Pro V2.0. This one comes in at a whopping $2,000. I know it's expensive, but some of you out there got the money, so that's why I'm putting it up. The Phantom 4 Pro is a beast when it comes to, you know, uh, a flight performance and uh, the camera system that's on it. It's got a uh, 4K, uh, was it ultra high definition? Was it, was it um, that whole uh, high dynamic range uh, coloring system in it? It's a gimbal camera with a stabilization software. Uh, I think it's got like a 45 max speed of 45 miles per hour, which is very fast for a drone. And you can take it out five miles. Okay, now this is a drone for... So probably more for people who are into like cinematography and all that, because it is $2,000, but you're going to get a lot of features with it. Uh, next up is going to be the DJI Mavic 2 Pro. This one is $1,900 uh, for the Pro, $1,500 for the Zoom. It has up to a 31-minute flight time, 44 miles an hour max speed. 
uh, three axle gimbal for steady shots, uh, eight gigabytes internal storage, SD card support up to 128 gigabytes, uh, very stable drone as all the DJI's are. Still very expensive though. Next up is the Autel, A-U-T-E-L, Robotics Evo Lite Plus. Comes in at $800 to $1,500. And the reason why is because they have got different packages, okay? Um, it's got crystal clear transmission range of up to 7.4 miles. And that's a lot. That's a lot in a drone. Think about that. 7.4 miles away, you can be getting clear video. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And 40 minutes flight time on one battery, which is almost unheard of for one battery. Usually when they say total flight time, 40 minutes, that means 20 minutes per battery. This is 40 minutes per one battery. Batteries are very expensive. That's why I mentioned that. All right, next up is the DJI Mini 3. Comes in at $470. It's lightweight. It's compact. It weighs under 249 grams, which is important in the drone world. Um, it has an extended battery with up to 38 minutes of battery life, and it films in 4K HDR video. Okay, number five is the DJI Maverick Air 2. Uh, $840. And this is the one that I have, but it is way less expensive than it was when I bought it many, many years ago. What was it, like four years ago, five years ago? Something like that, right? Yeah, I, guess I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like $1,500. Bucks. After the other incident. Yeah. After the other incident with the cheapo. So yeah, it was like $1,500. Now it's $840. And I can tell you it is very, very impressive. It has a flight time of up to 34 minutes. It films in 4K HDR. Or, uh, it's very, very easy to fly. We can go five miles on it with crystal clear resolution. In the, and in the, doesn't it like follow you too? Well, all of these do. I'm not even mentioning that in some of these because they all they all do that. They oh. all have follow me. The, the really the cheaper drones, which you're going to get to in a minute, um, they also have follow me. But I'm, I'm adding that in here because some of them actually don't. But all the ones on this list do have that. Um, and that follow me as much as the return to home is probably the most important one. Right. A lot of them have follow me, but in a prepper survival situation, follow me is not really that important. But return to home is very important. Yeah. You press a button, it immediately comes right back to you. So good point. Bring that up. Uh, the next one is the Ruko, not Roku. Ruko. <laughs> it's R-U-K-O. F11 GIM2. Comes in at $370. It films in 4K HDR. Has a two-mile video transmission range. Um, it's got a very long 64-minute flight time on one battery, which is incredible. And boasts a level 6 wind resistance, which is also incredible. Just to let you know, the, the one that I've got, the Mavic Air, the Mavic Air 2, has a 20-minute per battery lifetime. And I've got three batteries, so I can, I can fly for 60 minutes. This one here's got one battery at 64 minutes for the whole for that one battery. So you can see it's a it's a really good one. All right, next up is the Holy Stone HS720E. Comes in at $210. Holy Stone's got a lot of drones out there. They're a pretty big budget drone company. Now I know $210 sounds like it's expensive, but in the drone world, that's pretty that's pretty inexpensive. Now Holy Stone's got a whole bunch of different ones. I put this one on here because it's a pretty good one. $210 GPS drone with 4K ultra high definition video uh, and camera. Uh, comes with two batteries for up to 46 minutes of flight time. And it's got brushless motors, which by the way, all up until this point, all of them have had brushless motors. Brushless motors is important because you get a better life 
span that from them, and you get quiet. You get a quieter drone. Um, some of them, like mine, come with uh, quieter uh, wings, propellers that you can put on them. So I can change back and forth from different propellers. Uh, yeah. Next up is the Ruko F11 Mini, which comes in at $200. And this is a drone with a camera that's 4K. It's under 249 grams, which is important. Uh, six minutes of flight time with two batteries. Uh, five gigahertz transmission for up to two miles. Uh, GPS auto return to home. And it's also got the quiet brushless motors, which is really, really good. It's, good. it's a great drone for, uh, for 200 bucks, especially if you're just starting out. Or if you just want something, you know, as a, for a survivalist situation. All right, number nine is the Sima, S-Y-M-A. Sima EX220W comes in at $130. It's got 4K video with 36 minutes of flight time. Three-mile uh, video transmission, up to 36 minutes of flight time between all its batteries. Uh, auto return home, GPS, and also a carrying case. Some of these other ones don't come with a carrying case. All the extras cost money, especially on the expensive ones. They really do. Okay, and the last one is number 10, another Holy Stone. It's the HS440. Comes in at $100. Foldable uh, FPV drone with 1080p video camera uh, and camera. For beginners, adults, and kids, or I should say adults and kids, beginners. It's got very smooth and easy flight controls, and it can fly up for 20 minutes per battery. Also comes with a carrying case. Now, there are a lot of drones out there, less than $100, and a lot of them are really, really good. You can look into them. Check out the YouTube videos. Do some research on them if you want to spend some, you know, spend less money. But there's also a lot of crap ones out there for under 100 bucks. So be very careful when you're looking at drones, because I did that. I bought the crap one for under 100 bucks. And it flew, it flew away. away. It ran away. That was it. We turned it on and it was gone. Never came back. <laughs> Never even saw it again. Had no idea where it went to. So yeah, definitely do your research on it. I should have left a review on that one too. Just get other people. 100 bucks for 30 seconds of fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've got some other things here really quick. Um, a lot of people are may not know that there are actually rules to flying drones. Okay. So number one rule and this is going to be really important for, for a lot of you guys listening because, you know, you're thinking, well, if somebody's got a drone coming around, I'm just going to pull out one of my guns and I'm going to shoot it. So the question is, can you shoot down a drone? So Rhonda, I ask you, can you shoot down a drone? Can I shoot down a drone? Yeah. Damn right I can. <laughs> are you allowed to? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> are, you, are you legally allowed to shoot down a drone? If it's over my property? That's the question. I would hope that it would be legal. Everybody would hope that it's legal, but it's actually not legal. That's fucked up. It is 100% illegal. Not only is it illegal to shoot down a drone, you are shooting down what the federal government considers an aircraft. <gasps> are it you is kidding? a federal crime to shoot down a drone. What if your dog jumps up and grabs it? That's not shooting down a drone. That's your dog playing with it. I don't think they're going to find your dog. But here's, here's the thing, and this is very, very serious, okay? If a drone came over my property, I would love to go in the house, get my shotgun, and blow it out of the sky. And then I would be arrested, and I would be fined, and possibly even jailed for committing a federal offense against the FAA. And they come after you. When when they do, they really come after you. They don't mess around these people. I can't believe that. That's so crazy. Tens of thousands of dollars in, in fines. Impossible jail time. So. What if somebody's spying on you? 
Okay, so that's a really good question. Here's the thing. In the United States, I don't know how it is in other countries. So in the United States, when you buy a piece of property, okay, you own the property and all of the airspace above your property to infinity. Now, what does that mean? That means you own all of the airspace directly above your property, all the way out into outer space into infinity. The actual law actually says that. It says to infinity. <laughs> However, the law also says that by purchasing that property, you also immediately give access to that airspace as an easement to whoever wants to uh, navigate through it. Where's that written? It's in the law. What law? We, we probably <laughs> signed it when we, when we signed the paperwork for this property that we just bought. Believe it or not, it is in there. Is so, America the only place like that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can tell you this. Other countries have a lot stronger. Some other countries like Europe have a lot stronger uh, rules about droning. So drone flying. So you do own the air that's above the airspace that's above your, your, your home that you bought. But you also legally have <clears throat> rendered it to anybody who wants to use it as an easement. You have no choice over that. And that does not matter if that. Per now, here's the thing. When they made these rules many years ago, they meant them to be for airplanes and helicopters because they were, you had people that were doing crop dusting, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, they could be able to get from one place to the that's, other. That's exactly right. So you automatically, but the rule, the laws never changed. And when drones came out, the way that the wording, it, the way that it's worded in the law says that any of the airspace that is navigable, Okay, that's very important, that wording, because a drone, an airplane, obviously can't navigate through your trees, right? right? But a drone can. So any navigable space above your property means anything above the ground. If the drone lands on your grass, you can shoot it. Oh. You see what I'm saying? The law specifically says that it cannot trespass on your property, which is the ground, but it can fly just inches above the ground wow. because that's navigable space. And you will absolutely get arrested for it if you shoot it down. So I would suggest that if I was speaking to myself, not to a whole group of people listening to me on this podcast, I would just wait until the drone turns the other direction. What do you mean? If they can't see you, can't see you actually pulling the trigger and blowing it out of the sky, how can they prove it? Oh. That's what I'm saying. But that's just me talking out loud. I would never tell anybody to break the law, of course. Now, what you can do, now there are very serious laws in all districts of the United States about uh, spying and peeping, like peeping Tom laws. Yeah. So although people are allowed to fly around your property, they are not allowed to do it on a regular basis. They cannot cause any problems that, that would cause you to not be able to enjoy the space above you. That's The law actually says that. What if they're recording? Doesn't matter. All drones record. Doesn't matter if they continually do it and they do it to the point where you're not able to enjoy yourself because you're like, if you're, if your uh, neighbor's trees are coming over your fence line in your property line and you're not able to enjoy the sky because of that view, because of those leaves, you can cut them down. You're allowed to cut those branches down because the law says anything that, that disrupts you from being able to enjoy the space above you, 
you can file as an offense. So you have to go to the police. You have to call the police. They've got to come out. They got to investigate. And they can most likely find the person who's flying the drone. I'm more worried about privacy because I moved out to the country so I can walk around however the hell I want to outside. I get it. I totally understand it. But the law is the law. And drone flyers, they're not doing this. They're not out there doing that. But there are a lot of asshole drone flyers that are actually doing it. They're flying up to people's windows and apartments, looking in, all that kind of stuff. So in the event that that happens, your only course of action is to call the police and, and say that somebody is uh, trespassing on your property and spying on you. That's what, all you, that's is all you can do. Is there any kind of device that uses magnetic energy or electricity to knock stuff out of the air like that? Oh, no. That's <laughs> like, like a little mini EMP? Yes. That would be cool. Like a, like a baseball size. And you throw it up in the air near the drone, explodes. And makes the makes the drone go haywire and fall to the ground. Would that would that be considered a shooting it? I don't think so. As long as you don't hit it with any projectile, I don't think so. I don't know. I really don't know. And I wouldn't tell somebody to do that, even if it did exist. <laughs> so okay. there you go. That as they say is that, and there's not much you can do about it. Now I am going to give you guys some quick, um, uh, really really quick. I know we're getting long here. Uh, the the rules about being a drone pilot, okay? Now, there is something called the FAA Part 107. Now, this is the laws that govern drone flying and pilots, okay? And if you are flying a drone that is more than 149 grams, you have got to register your drone with the FAA. You have to. My My drone is registered. Okay, you get a little sticker on the side, gives your registration number. If you are using the drone for any kind of monetization, uh, you're making money from it, whatever that may be, you have to take the, you have to get an FAA Part 107, uh, what do you call it, license. Okay, you have to get that. Now, that means if you are taking your drone out and you're using it as a business, making money from it. That also means that if your friend is borrowing your drone to make YouTube videos, which are monetized and they're using the drone footage from your thing, that's also the, see the law says intent. It says, what are you flying your drone for? What is the intent of it? So if you intend to make money from it, then you have to get the FAA part 107 license. If you're, if you're using it just for recreation, there's an exemption called the 44809B exemption, which allows you to not have to get the license to fly it. And there are eight specific things that you have to know in order to get the 44809B exemption. Number one, strictly used for recreational purposes if the intent is only to have fun and not to make money. Number two, if it's operated in the accordance with a community-based organization's guidelines for safety. Example, there's a group out there called Flight Tests, uh, Flight Test. They've they got a big, giant YouTube channel. They're really fun. you gotta, you got to check these people out. They're awesome. Well, they are a community, and they have a community-based, they're an organization, and they have community-based organizational guidelines that they, that they follow when they fly drones. So if... FAA officer, if somebody stops you and says, what, uh, what are you operating? What guidelines are you operating under? You say flight test CBO. You're using the flight test. That's the company community-based organizations, or you can just say 
the advisory circular for 9147B. And what is that? That's the FAA's guidelines for flying a drone under the exemption. You have to be able to answer one of those two questions or you can get a ticket. You have to. Get enough guys, they're really putting coming down on drone pilots. So you got to be very, very careful what you're doing out there. People are getting fined all over the place. Check out YouTube. They'll they'll show you. It's happening right now. They're trying to actually ban drones in the United States. Number three, you must maintain a visual line of sight at all times, which I break that rule constantly because I can't see. Well, how can anybody see seven miles? A little dot. <laughs> exactly. So you have to be able to see. In other words, you have to have uh, you have to be able to see, or you have to have somebody else also working <laughs> with you to see it. So, like if you're wearing those headsets where you're using like the the point of view headsets, mm -hmm. you have to have somebody else standing next to you who's visually seeing it. So line I can drive five miles away and we're all going back towards each other. Yeah, that what, would be awesome. What is that? What's going on there? <laughs> I bumped the door. Hey. Just me. All right, guys. Sorry. That's our new dog. Nothing we can do. We keep it real here, right? We keep Come it here. real. Come here, Farts and barks all day. <laughs> all day. That's our new tagline. Quit. Hey. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I know. I know. You heard something scary. I get it. All right. Uh, sorry about that. Number uh, four. You do not interfere with manned aircraft. That is extremely important. You cannot send that that um, that drone up into the area where there's any kind of manned aircraft. That's uh, that's helicopters or airplanes, whatever. Number five, you have to get. Here's an important one, guys. Number five, get authorization to fly in controlled airspace. Example: an airport or someplace where there is a controlled airspace. You've got to get authorization to fly there. Now, is that hard to do? No. It's not hard to do at all. There's an app called Aloft, A-L-O-F-T. It's very, very easy. Download it on your phone. You you get on Aloft. It, it picks up your location. has a little button right there. It says, get authorization to fly here. You press it, and within seconds, you get authorization. It tells you how high you're allowed to go. It's very, very simple to do, but you do have to get authorization to fly in a controlled airspace. And there are a lot of controlled airspaces out there. You wouldn't believe how many. Not just airports. All right, number six is going to be do not fly above 400 feet in a controlled or an uncontrolled airspace. That means you are never allowed to fly your drone above 400 feet. Have I broken that rule? Hell yes, I have. But you didn't catch me when I did it, so you know, too bad, so sad. Here's the thing. Airplanes are allowed to fly no lower than 400, 500 feet. Any kind of airplane cannot, cannot fly lower than 500 feet unless they are landing. This includes helicopters, unless they are landing, or they have special permission to do so. Now, in doing that, the FAA said, okay, well, if 500 foot is the limit for airplanes, then 400 feet should give that nice 100 foot uh, buffer between drones and manned aircraft. So, you cannot fly your drone above 400 feet. If you do fly your drone above 400 feet and you hit an airplane and kill people, you're in really big trouble. Be very careful what you're doing. There are planes up there at 500 feet, and you can't see them coming. Number seven, you got to take the trust exam. Now, this is very important. This is brand new. Just happened, I don't know, a couple years ago. I'm not sure when, when it happened. The trust exam is the recreational UAS safety test. Trust. Okay? Get your certificate for free online. You don't have to pay for it. It's totally free. It's super, super easy to do. It costs you nothing. Nothing. 
And the cert, the cert is good forever. Certificate, it's good forever. Okay, always keep it with you in your flight gear, wherever it is. Keep it in the box where you ever keep your, your drone. Go online, take the test. You can get it on the FAA uh, website and other places, but it's totally free. So if somebody's telling you to pay for it, don't. Totally free. They will, you can take the test, you get it, super easy. Then you can download the PDF, stick it in with your gear, and you're good to go. Number eight, we're getting to the last ones. I know we're running late here. Uh, number eight is uh, register your drone with the FAA if your drone is over 249 grams. Okay, mine is, so I had to. Uh, FAA, you go to the FAA Drone Zone, that's the website, to get it registered. It costs five bucks. It's very inexpensive. You get a registration number, or you can pay a little bit more and get, have them send you a cool little sticker, which I think I did. So put on your drone, or you can just pay the five bucks and get the number, and then you put it on one of those little, uh, where you create a label and stick it on your drone. I don't think you're allowed to handwrite it on there. I think you have to put like a label, okay? But you got to get your, your drone registered. If it's above four, uh, 249 grams, most of them are. The law says 250 grams or above, you have to get it registered with the FAA. It's very simple to do. It costs five bucks, no big deal. And then number nine, and this one was just added on recently, uh, because they needed to put it in writing. But you are not allowed to operate your drone in an unsafe manner. Now, they did this for a cover your ass kind of a thing, like over large crowds, over fires, over first responders, if there's like some kind of big thing going on, or if you're under the influence of alcohol or drugs, all of these things, they, there's a whole list of things that falls into this. Do not operate your drone in an unsafe manner. So be very careful. And guys, people are getting arrested out there, so be careful what you do with these things. Don't be a peeping Tom, and don't fly your drone over my property. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys, Merry Christmas. This was uh, this is one of those episodes where we were able to get this podcast to you um, a week before Christmas, and that's that sometimes is not uh, possible, you know, how busy things are. But we wanted to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody, and we love you guys. Seriously, we're we're so happy that you guys are responsive and that we still have you as listeners, and uh, we're very very appreciative of it. Even though sometimes we may not say it, and uh, well, next time we have an episode, it's going to be right at New Year, so everybody stay safe if you're out out and about and having fun. All right, guys, stay prepped, stay happy. Thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To certain poor shepherds In fields as they lay In a fields where they lay Keeping their sheep On a cold winter's night That were so deep No
no 